The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's The Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. morning welcome in on this tuesday february 27th 2024 i got my yankee duck courtesy of carmichael dave jason ross here with you good question maybe not chris now you got me thinking (laughs) uh carmichael dave is uh, not feeling well and i'm gonna say it the kings did it to him I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Rough night for your Sacramento Kings, for our Sacramento Kings. Apparently for your Miami Heat was not so rough. There were a lot of Heat fans there last night. A lot of Heat fans there. On a night in which uh, the Kings had built a three-game win streak, they were the only one of substance in the top ten playing. And uh, they let themselves down, let the fans down. Miami played really well. (laughs) And that's how everybody felt. No beam lighting. No chance at four in a row. And now they get to go to Denver and Minnesota. That'll get them back on track. It might. It might. And the unpredictable, and I say unpredictable, I mean, I think that's been the easiest narrative to say about the Kings. When people are like, well, how do you think the rest of the year is going to go? I think we had this question maybe a while back. So probably more the same, and it's been more the same. I, I think the question was like the last the last game against the Clippers, but the one before the break against Denver, That those kind of wins – gave me belief that, okay, there's more to this team than maybe we're even seeing. And like, I, I see it. It's It could be here. And then last night, wasn't your, um, I don't know, we'll get your input on this, kind of where you felt it was, because I know the easiest narrative, and I will talk about it, and we're going to have some numbers later in the show, about how um, the Kings played against a team that was undermanned and the Kings always lose. We'll, we'll have some numbers to support that. It, I, I don't want to say it was as typical as that but you're you're trying to figure out why i mean miami still had enough capable people and they played hard and they played in their system and they executed and they executed perfectly i mean if you think about it if you watched any part of the game chris i would say and you were there if you were at the game from about the 10 minute mark i wrote this down in my stats keeping the running score they were down 20 so that was the game high down 20 by the six-minute mark, it was or five-minute mark, it was two possession. Usually, it takes you about a quarter. Like I thought, if the Kings are going to do this, they might catch them in the last like minute to thirty seconds. Well, the Kings made it two possessions with like five minutes to go. They got it to bolster was hot. They got it to two or three and a half. So, by definition, the Kings have the better record. They're at home. The building is absolutely electric. You are under. You don't have all your guys. And then you withstood that. I mean, that's that's a heck of a win for Miami for multiple reasons. So I know that hurts. It does uh, for everybody that was there. Uh, we will discuss that. Jason Ross, Christopher Lott here. We've got all our typical stuff here on the Tuesday. We'll look back on our predictions for the game. We also will have to look ahead 
to Denver. Man, the Kings have... Oh, good, Denver. The Kings have defeated them three times. Well, they haven't defeated them when they're fully healthy. Tomorrow, they will be. So that will be a challenge for Sacramento. Three for Madness. Um, who's hot, who's not. All those typical things that we've got for you here on a Tuesday. So, yeah, no Carmichael Dave today. Um, hopefully, he'll be back with us tomorrow. We don't know. We'll see. I know they were, uh, they're out and about uh, on that trip. Had some good fun. Hopefully, they'll be back and uh, he'll be back and feeling better soon. Um, I would say this, Chris. I don't know how you are as a consumer of products. Like, if you were to go somewhere, are you easily influenced by by someone if they're trying to sell you something? Um, I mean, do you need an example, I guess? Yes. Um, let me see if I can, because I'm trying to get to my ultimate example, but let's say if you ever go to Costco and there, or, or there's someone like, Hey, you interested in, Oh, I walk right. Those are like, those are easy no's, aren't they? Like the one, there was one time and I told someone else, this is like, perfect. I'm going to use that as my line. I said, no, that was legitimately my line. There was a guy that was, was very persistent. This was in a Costco, probably maybe it's almost 10 years ago now, but there were people that were, that were always selling stuff for DirecTV. Hey, 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 you look like, you like DirecTV? You want DirecTV? I said, no. Nah. He goes, what do you got? What do you got? You interested? What do you like? You, you look like you like sports. I said, I do. He goes, DirecTV, we got blah, blah, blah. We got all this. I go, do you guys have Pac-12 Network? He's like, no, that's the one thing. I go, not interested. He's like, yeah, but we got it. I go, do you have the Pac-12 Network? He goes, no. I go, I'm not interested. That's the only reason I have the company. I mean, that's what I want. And he's like, man, all right, well, we're working on it, you know, and as I'm walking away. he's Now we find out he's the one behind all the schools leading the Pac-12. <laughs> exactly. He started the run 10 years ago. So, like that, I'm with you. Like, that one's an easy one um, to, to kind of say no. But I don't know that I'm necessarily influenced by seeing a commercial or if you see, like, oh, man, that hamburger looks great. Let's have a hamburger tonight. See, like that. Does that get you? That does, and like when something new comes out, it's like, well, I got to try that. The gimmick, yeah. I mean, I, I am the gimmick king. I'll do that. But I'm trying to think. Like, it might not be. It might be what's on right now. Uh, Wendy's. I don't know the last time I had Wendy's. I might see a burger and go, that looks good. But I don't get Wendy's. Yeah. I might go, oh, let's have a hamburger tonight. Oh, I does see what you're work? saying. Does that work? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. the commercial, the imprinting, I guess, is working in the brain. But I'm like, yeah, I don't really want Wendy's. <laughs> I don't want to go all the way over there. <laughs> No, but let's make hamburgers or let's go to get a hamburger. So, anyway, by my house, I there's I would say there's a newer ish Starbucks, and I don't drink coffee. And I was going through and I got a little uh a little egg wrap or whatever this morning. And I think I've done this at this particular place maybe four or five times in probably the last three weeks, but not I'm not every day there. And so that's all I got. And the lady, when she was ready, she was like, oh, man. And when I heard you, it was you in which, or I don't know if they can see you now in drive through. She goes, I had your orange juice ready. And I guess I, or, I do order an orange juice every time, but today I decided not to. And I go, oh, well, since yeah, give me the orange juice. And I don't know why I didn't order the orange juice. She goes, man, I was so sure. I was just telling everybody in here you were going to get an orange juice. And I was like, yeah, I thought you'd have one. I go, okay, just add it on. So that's where I could, like, maybe I felt like in my mind, like, oh, I'm going to be disappointing her. Because she kind of called her shot. Yeah. And I I think of the five times I've been there, I've gotten this wrap and an orange juice every time. And today, for whatever reason, I said, just that. And she goes, okay. And then I pulled up, and she's like, yeah, I was. I knew it was you. I was sure you were going to get an orange juice. I went, oh. Get, get, Better give it to you now. Juice. Yeah. So was that, uh, I mean, I'll drink this. I have no problem. I usually get this. I, I'm not upset. I'm trying to think of places where I was regulars at. And I don't think like that. And maybe it's because I guess everybody gets coffee 
Well, then, like, Starbucks. to be fair, like, how many regulars are coming in? Like, you're a regular yeah, five at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they open at 5. And like, if you're doing the same thing at 9 o'clock, it's yeah. pretty forgettable. And it's the same lady. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know her name. She doesn't know mine. But it's like, uh, I guess it is predictable. But she she was ready. I'm like, uh, throw it in there. Go ahead. I'll, I'll pay for it. Go ahead. But I think that I can be um, – it, it is harder when you put a face – like, I guess this. How about this? If you've gone through – same situation at Costco, and you try a sample, and they're like, yeah, these are your breakfast burritos, whatever calories they've got, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, ooh, that's good. And they're like, yeah, you should get them. there. And now I feel like I'm disappointing the lady if I say they're good, even though I don't really think she has any investment in it. I'm like, okay, I'll go get the I'll go get the breakfast burrito. They're good. I, I think don't... we found out how to sell to you, Jason. <laughs> exactly. Just show up uh, really, really uh, – Pull at the heartstrings. If the guy selling you the direct TV, if he said like, he's like, no, we don't have Pac-12, but we have SNL. You like that, right? Well, that's on everything. Yeah, but you like it, right? Well, yeah. yeah I do. Oh, yeah. It, just over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what? I'll take two. We need, I, I, I don't have another house, but I might give one away as a Christmas present. Yeah. Sucker. <laughs> so you don't have an example of that where you're easily... I don't even know if this would be same qualified as easily influenced, but um, it is hard sometimes for people to say no. I know if that. someone if I'm trying to think, I'm usually like a sucker for the add-on. It's like, oh, if you like this, we'll yeah. try this. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Or yeah. And sometimes I'm trying to figure like out the, the upsell. Like if I'm already there and they get you with the upsell, yeah. I'm usually it's like, hey, this orange juice was three ninety nine, but you know, it's for twelve more ounces, it's four ninety nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Or whatever. The, uh, that I'll fall for quite a bit. And then sometimes you get that. I didn't want that much more shoes. Yeah, you end up leaving that. Yeah, and you're like, I don't think I saved any money. I don't think I got any kind of bonus out of that. Um, yeah, the upsell is good. You know, the other one I, I do fine with, but it's hard when like, and this doesn't happen that much. When was the last time sh- someone showed up at your door trying to sell something? Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so it, someone showed up to my door. Like recently? Yeah, but it wasn't, I mean, kind of selling something. It was uh, someone running for city council. Uh, and so it's like, hi, how you doing? I'm from the neighborhood. And it's like, okay. And it's like really nice. And like, I'm here for, I can't even remember the person's name. And like, uh, they're running for a city council in your neighborhood. I was just like, oh, okay. It's like, um, they're a realtor. They're really working hard. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you can stop and They're like, They're like, no, no, no. They're a realtor, but they're working hard for the community. I'm like. Stop. I'm no. I'm sorry. It's not it's it just feels like in my neighborhood, like realtors have kind of like messed everything up. Oh yeah. So that's always a tough one too when someone gets started on their pitch and you're like, I already know it's a no. And do you let them finish? Do you stop them? Are you being you know, is it rude to stop yeah, them? Is I, it better I mean, like, to stop them? Because it was one of those things of just like I'm just gonna say no thank you at the end of this. Yeah. I might as well let you go on your way. Yeah. I've done the, you know, sometimes have you ever had the kids coming by in the neighborhood like, hey, um, sometimes it's magazine subscriptions, which I'm like, I don't, who does that? Like, I don't, or if it's, I'm selling these candy bars, but you also get this. I'm like, you know what? I don't care about that. I'll get five bucks in candy bars or whatever just to help them. Yeah, as we get the to, kids, but they're kids in the neighborhood. I know who they are. And yeah. Like and if they're trying to do a trip, like, that's cool. But, or like, I'll, you know what? I don't even want the candy. Um, Here's here's ten bucks. Have, you know, good luck on your. The, now that you be. say that, the big sellers are the friends' kids. Yes, like hey, they need to 
raise money for this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know my my wife and son. They're selling candy for school every year. You bought you bought there this always. Year. Yeah, they come through. Like he is basically funding that whole school. <laughs> like my wife experience as a salesperson, and my son just his story gets everybody. To, I don't know. He he sells like like I think they say people for example, and I don't have the numbers, but you know people sell a few boxes of candy at Christmas time, and then my wife and son they're like thousands of dollars worth of candy that they're. Like we get boxes and boxes at the house that she's sorting oh, for days. Uh, yeah, I've seen like the huge box that she just bring in here. Oh, and that's one of probably maybe a dozen, <laughs> dozen to fifteen. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I guess we're. I, I don't have that selling background. My wife certainly does, and she can. Uh, she and my son can pull that off. All right. Well, we're gonna do it. We got a lead off. We're gonna get into the Kings. A disappointing night for Sacramento. Really a tough week ahead. It was so encouraging to get the win against the Clippers. And things were lined up to make it back-to-back and go to four straight and pick up a half game on everybody. Miami had other ideas, and now it sets up for a tough rest of the week. We've got leading off and more straight ahead here on Sacktown Sports. Let's do it. Leading off the three top stories in the morning. Huge news. This is very important. Here's cut number one. He had the ball. Hawkes on the right wing in three-point range against Sabonis. Now he digs toward the baseline. Retreats for the dribble. Under and up, and he scores two more. This kid plays like a seven-year veteran in this league. Jaime Hawkes from UCLA with 25 points. It's about the footwork. Man, Jaime Hawkes put on a clinic. Miami and the Heat. Come into Sacramento and do what they did just a few weeks ago. Similar situation. They were down several players. They were taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. They won by 20-plus points. Heat culture is a thing. They are well coached. And I will say this. Chris brought it up earlier. Execution by Miami. It was spot on. They were getting punched. The Kings had a furious comeback. The energy, I'm telling you, it was it was as loud as it gets in Golden 1. It was intense. Chris, you send me this uh, periodically. You've done this to me if we're in studio and you're running the board where you're like, Kings might be down 25. Like, I was sitting right next to Whitey, uh-huh. and I said, when they were down 20, I said, oh, as one of the jokes, when I used to do the games and it would just be a terrible night, I would say, all you need to do is steal three, steal three, steal three, steal three, and you cut it down to yeah. 15. Yeah, and <laughs> you're right there. And they were on their way, and it was 20 this time, and before long – Boom, 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 three straight threes and a couple steals in there, and it's 11. And then timeout Miami, and then the Kings just kept charging. They went into that matchup zone, pressured more. Miami started to miss shots and turn the ball over. Kings were making everything, and it got all the way down to two. And it's one of those things, you know, it doesn't really matter if you how you lose, whether it's by 30 or the heartbreaker by one. I do appreciate the effort. I do appreciate the comeback. I do, uh, uh, you know, there was a sense of urgency at the end of the third quarter. There was a little bit of booing going on because I think the Kings, as you know, a lot of coaches will use the phrase, let go of the rope. And this was different than a run. It was like Miami was making a run. Miami was making some tough shots. And then, you know, an eight point lead, eight point deficit should not have gotten all the way to 20. It just shouldn't. And it did. And you only had 10 minutes to go. And to their credit, 
they did do everything possible to come back, but you have to be almost perfect, and they were for about five and a half minutes. But they needed about three more minutes of that, and they ended up losing by double digits after getting it to two with about three minutes to go. So Miami, on a couple of different notes, too, we're going to talk more about this, is probably one of the worst teams to play on the second night of a back-to-back. That's a fact. It's not even a... um, you know, I'm looking for reasons of the loss, not excuses. Miami won the game. I said that yesterday. If the Kings lose games, which they're going to lose, you want to lose the game. You want you want to have it. In, I mean, you don't want to lose the game. You want the other team to beat you. And I felt like that was more of the case. The problem is this is adding on to the past resume of the 23-24 Sacramento Kings of games that they've given away. And so I didn't feel like this was as much of that but it kind of doesn't even matter. Let's say they totally gave it away. It's still a loss. Let's say Miami earned it 100%. It's a loss. Um, let's say the Kings had all their players. They did. It's a loss. Miami had hardly half their you know starters. It's a loss. It's just all that is irrelevant. We can add it on to our narratives, which we will, and we will do today. But the Kings have to figure out the why. Why did they lose? We can give excuses, or I, I, I don't even like the term excuses, reasons. Give reasons so you can figure out how you fix it. Miami's zone seemed to be a little bit of a problem. Miami's size certainly was. I will say they were hunting mismatches. You heard the highlight there of Jaime Hawkins. They had more, in their absence of key players, like guards like Hero and Rozier, they decided to play bigger. I don't think the Kings play big enough, and so now you're looking for a reason. What did they do? They posted up Kevin Love. His stretch where he was posting up either Herder or Monk, then they switched Lyles in there. Fox had him a couple times. He was hurting those guys. When he wasn't posting, there was physical play from guys like Caleb Martin. Um, certainly Bam was a problem. And then Jaime Hawkins. They had multiple people posting up. A lot of teams don't do that. And Sacramento really couldn't find the answer. Well-coached team. That played well. Uh, Miami won. Bad, bad loss for the Sacramento Kings. Let's get to cut number two. Cut number two. Uh, like a uh, desert on <laughs> Neptune, oh, no. like th- they're they're in trouble. Like this is, this Schefter report is bad news for all of these guys because like all of the market factors that led to last year's controversy and 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 varying degrees of holdouts and Zoom calls about the state of the running back market, all those factors are still present in this year's market. And now you are flooding the market with high-quality available guys, which is only going to drive prices down. Look, it is possible that there's a team out there that says, hey, we really need Saquon Barkley. He's special. He, he fits with us. Or same Derrick Henry, whatever. That, that could happen for one or two of these guys. But, you know, Schefter also reporting the Giants want to talk to Saquon about an extension. He might want to listen because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's likely he's not going to find what he's dreaming about if he does hit the open market. That's Dan Graziano talking about the market for running backs. It's been this issue for a while. This may be at the peak moment for the devaluing of the position. It's ironic the same year that Christian McCaffrey plays like an MVP and is a huge reason why the Niners were so successful. Uh, the running back class could have free agents like Derrick Henry, uh, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and that kind of offseason with an upcoming draft and um, people feeling like plug-and-play running backs are a thing you can just do. Um, the running back market is really at an all-time low, and personally, I don't understand it. And I don't know if it will cycle back. I mean, we're in a pass-happy league, but we love the running backs that can catch and run and do versatile things and 
um, and highlighted by a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Jacobs led the league in rushing two years ago. Derrick Henry's been one of the best runners of this generation, and these guys are going to be available. We know the age and where the cliff seems to be, but it's. I think all running backs have been treated like this, whether you're rookies or six, seven, eight-year pros. And so it's a really interesting time for the NFL, specifically for that position. We'll discuss this a little bit more as the show rolls along. All right, let's get to our final cut here on Leading Off. Cut number three. The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. Mm. Now I'm done. That's Monty Williams, frustrated coach. It's been a really tough year for the Detroit Pistons. They battled yesterday with the Knicks, had their chances to win. But he's there you heard it about the officials. I know last week when we uh, talked to Sam Amick from The Athletic here, he was, saying, he was kind of doing a dive a little bit in on officiating. And, and I'm anxious to, to see where that's going to go. Look, there's always going to be calls that are missed. We realize that. But is this becoming more and more of an issue league-wide? I don't know. I mean – Coaches are feeling more and more comfortable speaking out. You have Monty Williams yesterday. We've had Mike Brown here bring out the laptop before. We have the Lakers, who a lot of people don't feel sorry for, who always lead the league in free throws, complained two days ago about the free throw disparity. So, you know, you talk enough about this stuff, perception becomes reality, right? And so now the fans, I mean, it happens in every arena. It's not unique to anywhere, but, you know, the ref, you suck. I mean, that's... Happens just about every night in the NBA when fans are upset. That part, you know, doesn't get to me as much. But that's, again, back to the perceptions of reality. These guys are terrible. Well, they get a lot of calls right. They The coaches know that. But there are missed calls. And, and what is the, the um, pushback for coaches, for the players? What's their reward if the call is missed? I guess you just accept the mistake and move on. Or in this case... You go to the media and complain about it and see if you can get something done differently the next time. Well, the Kings are going to see if they can have something done differently the next time, and that next time is tomorrow. Kings will be traveling to Denver today. The good news is they're 3-0 and against Denver. That also might be the bad news. The champs should be angry. So should the Kings, though. That's my point on the Kings. Like, look, I know, and I'll probably say it again later today and even tomorrow when the Kings are facing the Denver Nuggets. You know Michael Malone, Jokic, all those guys will want to, you know, Oh, one to the Kings, but the Kings should be mad about last night. And if they're a good team, which their record suggests they are, and they've played well at times this year, they've played Denver well, they should equally be as mad. It shouldn't just be assumed that much like a lot of people thought, oh, the Heat don't have all their guys. Kings should be able to win. We know it doesn't work that way. We want it to work that way. It doesn't. We'll kind of look back at what went right, what went wrong. Looking back, our first kind of look into that Kings Heat loss last night. We've got that next on Sacktown Sports.
Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. That's right. You can check in with us this morning. Text line 916-339-1140. Phone lines 800-920-1140. We will have our Jiffy Lube drive of the game, which was one heck of a play. Uh, There were some good highlights in the game last night, for whatever that's worth. Entertaining, engaging game. That's fine. But a lot of you out there are diehard, passionate Kings fans. And I wanted the Kings to win. That one hurt to lose. That one really did. Miami got the best of the Kings last night. And so Sacramento had a chance to get a season-high 11 games above 500. Instead, they go back to work now with two very difficult road games coming up Wednesday in Denver and Friday in Minnesota. Jason Ross here with you. Chris Verlott as well. Carmichael Dave uh, out today. As we look at last night, what went right, what went wrong, we'll kind of look back. We'll do a little audio uh, playback of things last night. And, you know, first half was a little back and forth. You you could tell you were going to be in for a game really from the get-go. Miami plays hard. They're committed to a style and to a system. And, you know, we talk so much about culture, but the heat culture really is a thing. I mean, it's it's a top-down approach from Pat Riley, and they've had it for years. And there's something about organizations – that win that much and that consistently and have enough talented players that, yeah, they were missing significant pieces. I, I don't want to belittle that, but this is a team, I think G-Man said it during the broadcast, I want to say they have six or f- five or six players that are undrafted that are on their roster. So their player development, how they get everybody better, maximizing the talent that they have, they draft well, they add free agencies, just timely people and you know, they did make the finals last year and really tested Denver. So it's a good team. We can't, you know, think that this isn't the same to me as a loss to Charlotte or Portland or some of these other teams that have been uh, defeated the Kings this year. This is a proven winning team, a team that had been playing better, a team that had more rest than the Kings. Those are reasons for the win, but the Kings still had every opportunity to get the victory. And let's listen back to a couple of different things here as, We're going to kind of fast forward to later in the game. After all that early back and forth, Kings had that push in the second quarter, got up to a 10-point lead by halftime. They were trailing, and going into the fourth, it was was already going to be a problem for the Kings, and uh, too many guys for Miami were hot and uh, displaying some great post-ups and good footwork. Here's a drive by Jaquez. He spins, he reaches, he scores. This kid is really impressive. He's going to be... First team all-rookie. I don't think there'll be any doubt about that. He's now up to 21 points. Yeah, Jaime Hawkins was terrific. He really was. Um, I saw a couple of people comment. We had one earlier on our uh, chat group. Said they turned the game off. Here it is uh, from Kev. I turned the game off when Bam hit the fadeaway buzzer beater to go up 19. Just wasn't the Kings night. Um, I think here's that one that actually might have put him up 20 here. The Bam Adebayo who's been in. Kings have not been able to slow him down tonight. He's in the paint against Trey Lyles. Trey knocks it away, dives to the floor, got a hand on it. Bam controls it, out of time, launches a shot, and scores it. And they say he got rid of it in time. Boy, what a great effort that was from Adebayo. Chris Bam had that one, and then Hawkes had one where he had all the right footwork, but it was so well defended, and he just kind of threw up a, a super high baseline floater. And it went straight in. I'm just like, I, I don't know that the Kings could beat them when things like this are happening. Or how about, like, there were, I want to say three or four times where it felt like 
where they would defend so well and they'd shoot up a prayer at the end, miss, and offensive then rebound. it wouldn't even be an offensive oh, rebound. Like it'd be like out. tip, tip, yeah. and then they've got the ball. Yeah, or, and, it, and it was a tip to like kind of a 50-50 spot. And not even 50, like where the, and the Kings were trying for it. Like sometimes you're like, hey, where's the effort? But they were getting all of them. Yeah. They were getting all of them. Uh, but they built that 20-point lead. And so um, you're thinking it's just about over. But sometimes you just need a few things to go your way. Uh, as Chris would say, three, steal, three, steal, three, steal. Well, it started to happen. Drops it off to Herter. In rhythm for three. Score. Well, Sabonis will now be one assist away from a triple-double. That makes it 105-89. to 89. What the Kings need is defensive stops. And they've got one. A ball poked away from Hawkins. Grabbed by Herter. Herter on the right wing. Is he going to launch again? Throws a no-look pass to the far corner. Keegan for three. He's got the triple. There's new hope and new life for Kings fans. With 8-12 to go, it's now 105-92. to And Keegan has a 20-point ball game. I want to know if you heard this in the game, Chris. Uh, I thought Keegan was amazing last night. Um, he was on such a run there in that run where it was getting really loud. There was a couple times where he would score, and I, I might hear the start of Moko Keegan, and I didn't even really hear Murray just because everything was just loud. Like, did you hear Murray? Like, yeah. that oh, one yeah. I heard it clean. Yeah, you but, definitely heard it. But there's a couple times, like, you know it was in there, but it was, it was a kind of blended in with just people yeah. going nuts, too. Um, that was actually one of the loudest I've heard the arena. I thought so, too. I mean, the last couple of home games has been really great. There's a There's a energy that's been lifted uh from the fans too but this was just the start of the run so sacramento's pushing and pushing and needing things to go well they're getting blocks and stops and steals and here goes De'Aaron fox ball fake by Hawkes. best baseline digs to the paint gives it up the ball's knocked loose by herder it's grabbed by fox cruises up the left wing he takes it all the way to the rim and scores De'Aaron Fox with double-digit scoring in the fourth quarter now has a 27-point game. Sacramento was within two at 110 to 108. And again, there was about three and a half minutes to go, so they've done all the heavy lifting. They get it to two. Energy galore. They feel it. But Miami would have the answers. They would respond. They would continue to uh, put the dagger in the hearts of the Kings. Working almost straight away has picked up his dribble. He's looking for help. He finds out a bio against Sabonis. Now Fox picks up Bam. Bam with a dribble handoff to Robinson. Back to Adebayo at the free throw line. Shakes, turn around Jay. That's his bread and butter, and he scores it. 116-110. We're down to a minute 16 to go. All right, two-possession game there. Got to be perfect. And uh, the Kings now are down eight here, trying to make something happen. Now to right, throws left wing. Here's a drive by Caleb Martin, and the rip off the dribble is good. The Miami fans come to their feet in the building. It's now an eight-point game with 47 seconds to go. Kings have no time. Here's Trey Lyles going to the back, and he's rejected by Bam Adebayo, and that will be the dagger. Point sounds, and this one is over. So the Miami Heat have won for the eighth time in the last ten games. They do it in convincing fashion. Sacramento had a 55-45 lead in the first half. But that 10-point advantage was pared down to a three-point deficit at halftime as Miami finished the second quarter on a 20-7 run. Then they finished the third quarter on a 10-0 run. They led by 20, as we mentioned, with 10 minutes to go, and the Kings got it down to two points at 110-108. But they couldn't get to the top of the mountain. 
Yeah, frustrating. I mean, that's the 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 kind of ongoing up and down roller coaster season has been. I think this is something too. We've got to remember year to year. Um, I know there's there's common phrasing. I've done this so long that you go, oh, this Kings team wouldn't have done this last year. I think there were some elements that they did, but I think we need to kind of quantify and remember and and remember what this year was like. And it it brings up questions too. You know, look, the Kings elected to bring this group back. Um, they elected to not. Uh, there were no moves available that they were comfortable with at, at the All Star break. When you have losses like this, when you've had losses that you had during the season, it makes you question all those things, right? And I said it earlier in the show, when you win the games like they did, the game that they won in Denver was such a character win to me. The game that they won in L.A. against the Clippers was a complete performance, and it went from, hey, look, the Kings might be in a play-in, the Kings might get into the playoffs, but that group like that, that group can win a playoff series or two and do some damage in the West. And I don't know that last night totally derails that belief for me, but it also shows you that for whatever reason, they can't consistently produce when certain obstacles are there. And I don't want to lump again. I'm not trying to lump this game into the others, but what were the reasons why? Um, I think they have shown that they don't play big enough, the Sacramento Kings I'm speaking of, and when other teams are big and play physically, they've had some trouble with that. We've also seen when teams have played small against the Kings, they've had some issues with that, and certainly some teams that have mixed in some zones. So you're you're trying to find areas, and then we all go to last year's postseason when the Kings lost in seven to the Warriors, a great series, but what Miami did was to do their best to really limit the the impact, or what Golden State did, excuse me, was to limit the impact of DeMontis Sabonis. I think Miami had kind of that same approach. Now, Sabonis still ended with a triple-double. It shows you his gifts, but it wasn't, again, the same kind of impactful. I mean, you guys watched the game. You saw the game. You can you can tell when he's having more of an impact on a game than he was last night. And um, Teams are going to continue to do that. Kings have to figure out ways through that. And I think there were some elements there of the Kings going to a zone that I haven't really seen them do much, the matchup zone. And maybe it's something they they could have tried sooner in the game instead of out of a desperate situation. But these are the kind of things that they're going to see, especially when you get to a playoff series. If the Kings are lucky enough to get into a playoff series, no matter what seed they are, the other team is going to have about a week to prepare, and they're going to know their own knowledge of when they played the Kings. They're going to look at film of the games that other teams had the most success. They're going to look at their personnel and see, okay, how can we attack the Kings? Now, keep in mind, the Kings are going to do the same thing. So it's not like, hey, these are disadvantages Sacramento has. The Kings will try to find their lane to win this potential series that they're in. But these are the things that the coaching staff has to figure out, the players have to figure out, and I thought the Kings did a little bit of lineup matching or not enough lineup matching early. And then, you know, when you're down 20, you're just trying to scramble to, to get back ahead. And when you lose, you look back and they go, wow, Monk didn't play in the fourth quarter. Could that have helped? Well, that group brought him to within two points. So had they come back and won it, it, it really wouldn't have mattered. But it, it makes you question everything. And I know Mike Brown and the coaching staff – Probably did that last night. I'm sure they're going to do that uh, today in their flight to Denver. Think about things that they could have done differently, and same with uh, the players as well. But Miami got it done. Hat tip to them. And unfortunately for the Kings, the Heat end up with a season sweep over Sacramento. Much more 
on this game coming up. Again, Jason Ross, Christopher Lott here uh, on Sacktown Sports. We brought it up in leading off. Want to get into a little bit more of this for a quick segment before we get back into the Kings on the running back class. Why is it so devalued and what this potential list of running back free agents look like and how staggering it is, just high-level talent that's out there and will some of them not find homes? I mean, that's going to be interesting. We'll discuss that next here on Sacktown Sports. Waking you up with the best in local sports. They're just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. That accent I threw at you in the break didn't sound like you're a Louisiana lawyer. It was close. Do we care to hear from the judge? I would say it's more of, you're doing more of Yosemite Sam. No, (laughs) actually it was like a Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, I think you're right. Mixed with Yosemite Sam. As you say it, now I know. Um, What does your lawyer sound like? (laughs) Your Honor. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Okay. Mine was different. Am I to believe that this Sacramento Kings fan, this Sacramento Kings team, can only lose when they're missing their own players? Um, I don't know what that meant. I don't either. I've got uh, I've got some numbers. I know Dave wanted those numbers. I'll I'll have those a little bit later in the show on on that very thing. Um, I know Mike Brown was asked that. We've got some audio coming up. On that as well, like, is there a trend? What what can you point your finger to? Um, and Mike Brown was, was pretty quick to say, like, look, Miami was without guys. Is this something that's always happened? He's like, well, we did win last night with Paul George being out and played maybe is it, our is best Is it game weird? Game. I think I know what you're saying, but I feel like it's the not Kings, the same. I feel like the Kings do better when one player is out and do could terribly be. when, like, multiple players are out. Yeah, it could be. Um and I'll say this too. Like again, this isn't even to. Uh, this is more, really more an intention to highlight the uh, the Heat than to uh, punish the Kings here or to give them a an out. But like for the main core of the game for Miami, when they would have like Kevin Love, Hawkes, Bam, Caleb Martin, and in this case it was Delon Wright, who's a proven pro, but this was his first game as a Miami Heat, and he started. Like that's an NBA roster. It's yeah. not – It's that to me is not playing Portland without like 80 points of, per game and then you go, wait, you lost to who? Who? This – I mean, like Kevin Love's been an all-star, a great player. Hawkins is a really good rookie. Bam is an all-star. Um, but, I mean, if you're asking me beforehand, would you rather play the Heat with that group or with their group that they normally have with Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, um, you know, some of the other guys that were suspended are are, are less important to the puzzle, but they're still Heat players. Um, yeah, I'd rather play them the way they were constructed last night. But the Kings uh, did not get their work done early enough. Let Miami not only hang around, let Miami build a large lead, and then Sacramento paid the price, nearly came back but ultimately lost. we got more on that coming up in our next segment. Jason Ross, Christopher Lott here on this Tuesday morning. We'll lead you up to 10 o'clock when Styles and Watkins, they'll be in at the end of the show for a little crosstalk and celebrity birthdays. They were at the game last night. Also, we're going to have to check in with 
Did you hear what Alan Styles' assignment was last night? Yeah, I heard he was working with the Spanish broadcast. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe you should have done that. Why stats? <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun. Eh. Yeah, you could have given him all the Jaime Hawkes stats you wanted. Dude, we know Hawkes' yeah. points. Relax. <laughs> They're like, why is this guy cheering over here? Um, no, Alan was he he was he was very nervous about that. I don't think he had done stats before, which I get. And I'm like, well, I. The hard part is what I was trying to tell him before the game was, I mean, I've done this a long time and now sit next to G-Man every night. There's a rhythm. I mean, the most important I would think I would say to anybody if they're ever put in a spot to have to do stats or to help complement the broadcast, basically what you're trying to, I mean, honestly, is listen. Is just listen to what is being described. Now, the trick is this was a broadcast in Spanish. And I said, Alan, do you know any Spanish? He goes, I do some. But I don't even know how much you have to know. Like, it would be I, better. He's going to hear names. He's gonna, he's watching the game, too. He knows. But I just told him, look, if you see anything that sounds kind of to your point, you're like, hey, the Heat seem to get all those back taps and rebounds. Well, then look at the rebounds. Or if you knew at one point the rebounds were 25 to 20 Kings and now it's 40 to 28, well, they've out-rebounded the Kings 20 to 3 in the last, you know, whatever, whatever. And so It's too much math. It is too much math, but that's what you got to do. Math is hard. So I'm going to ask him today when he – how do you think – I know he's going to say he did well. I think he'll be like, eh, it was, it was okay. I got through it is what I did. You think – I got through it. Yeah. I think he's going to say he's a star and he's got a bright future in being a stats man. Okay. So we're on kind of a, a different page there. We'll see ultimately what Alan says when he joins us a little bit later. We are talking about uh, this briefly again, back to the Kings in just a moment, but something to be watching football wise here as the draft gets closer, free agency and all that. And the teams remake themselves in the off season to look for areas of improvement uh, the running back position. To me, I, I think the running back position, I, I've always liked running backs. I think there's a charm to that position and they're tough. Usually they're fast, powerful, durable. You hope they're durable. Um, we've seen more and more of that hybrid pass catching running back that can also run, get goal line touches, really do everything, pick up blitzes. If you can have a, a running back that does all that, I don't know why you wouldn't want to pay them, pay them well, pay them to be a big piece of your future. Well, we're looking at what could be a record setting off season of potential running back free agents that are available because their teams are not as interested in renewing deals. And it could flood the market, which is already a market that has shown doesn't want to pay running backs. We've had holdouts before. We've had guys not get signed. Remember last offseason when a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's been good in this league, not not the most amazing running back, but was drafted high before, was a franchise guy in Jacksonville, was a Super Bowl winner with Tampa Bay, and then couldn't really get on a roster for several reasons. So I think we might see more of that. Here's your top 10 potential free agent running backs. This offseason, Gus Edwards, who was really critical in Baltimore this year as the year went along, especially after J.K. Dobbins got hurt again. I feel for him. He's had multiple uh, knee injuries, had another one, but he's another free agent. Uh, These are the top 10, according to CBSSports.com. A.J. Dillon from the Green Bay Packers, the guy with just tree trunks for for thighs. He's just a massive running back. Um, Zach Moss in the Indianapolis Colts. He had a really good year this year when he was asked on duty uh, while – uh, they were going through some of their signing issues with with Taylor there. Uh, DeAndre Swift, who found a new home in Philadelphia and ended up putting up his first ever 1,000-yard campaign. You've got Austin Eckler, who had a down year, but has been considered one of the better running backs in the NFL for the last five to six years. Tony Pollard in Dallas, 
who went over a you know, combo of 1,300 yards between as a receiver and a runner. Um, Saquon Barkley has been one of the highest drafted running backs in recent years. Still had a good year for a disappointing Giants team. Derrick Henry, he's hit that age. He's 30, but, man, he has got some tread left. He is still one of those power runners. He's been an NFL rushing leader multiple times. He has a nose for the end zone, has become a better receiver. And then you got a guy like Josh Jacobs as uh, the Raiders declined his fifth-year option a couple of years ago. And uh, he is now in that spot where they may talk about not franchise tagging him, but still looking to re-sign him, but other teams are going to be looking at him. So you've got a running back group along with an incoming draft class and other running backs out there that uh, this position continues to be devalued and this offseason certainly isn't going to help that. So we'll see where that ultimately goes for a team like the 49ers that has a guy like Christian McCaffrey locked up who they signed and traded for. Um, they're in a better spot there, but some of these other teams could find themselves a valuable piece that could make their team a lot better. All right, how do the Kings make themselves better? How do they avoid some of these traps that they've fallen into when we return, we'll look back at that loss to Miami. We'll hear some of the players and coach reaction to a disappointing night for Sacramento. That when we start the 7 o'clock hour here on Sacktown Sports.